0: Welcome to the Robert Hunt Financial Market Update. It's your host, Robert Hunt, where I take the week's financial news that can be confusing, misleading, and take you off course and I make it actionable, understandable, and clear. We got a great show for you this week. A year in review 2022 in the books. We're going to take a look at it, see what we can learn. A couple articles about how did it go? What sort of returns occurred? Gentleman named Ben Carlson. We'll look at various asset classes and how they did. And we'll take a look at some predictions that were made by supposedly intelligent people prior to the year and see how they did. There's then a Wall Street Journal article about rookie traders. These are folks who are just getting on their laptops and placing trades and quitting and why their families are thrilled. And then we're going to end with what I thought was a really poignant quote by a man named Jack Rains, who, as far as I can tell, has a blog and Maybe not a whole lot else, but I uh, wasn't familiar with him previous to reading this quote, but the quote was so good, I thought it deserved reading and discussing. So, at the top, let's look back on a year where markets went down and went down in dramatic fashion. We'll start with this Ben Carlson review. He wrote, 2022 was one of the worst years ever for markets. Carlson continues earlier this year. I looked at the worst years ever for the U.S. stock market. Here's the updated list. You ready? Worst year was 1931. S&P 500 went down 43.8%. Great Depression. Second, worst 2008. S&P 500 goes down 36.6%. It's a great financial crisis. 1937. <laughs> stock market goes down 35.3%. You'll remember there were some dips before that. that, That's not even the Great Depression. That's just called the 1937 crash. Isn't that fun? 1974, stock market goes down about 26% from the 73-74 bear market. 1930, stock market goes down about 25% from the Great Depression. 2002, down 22% from the dot-com crash. And here we go. Here's our year rounding in at 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7th on the list is 2022 down 18.1% And the reason? He's calling it the Great Inflation, Mr. Carlson. On down the road, we have various other bear markets in World War II, and another dot-com crash in the 1957 recession. So, this year's 18.1% loss was the seventh worst loss since the 1920s. Well, surely, if the stock market did that poorly, the bond market held up. Isn't that what's supposed to work, team? Well, the bond market also had one of its worst years in history. Carlson continues, It was easily the worst year ever for the Bloomberg Aggregate Bond Market Index, which dates back to 1976. You see, what in a lot of normal years occurred is when the stock market was trounced, as in the various years I listed, the bond market did well. And it smoothed out your ride if you are in a 60% stock, 40% bond portfolio. So in the 40 years of calendar returns, there were only four down years before 2022 for these, this bond index. And yet, so in 1994, the bond index was down about 3%, 2013 down 2%, 2021 down 1%, 1999 down 1%. The total return of negative 13% in 2022 was far and away the worst loss ever for this total bond market index it goes back about 40 years. There has only been one double-digit calendar year loss for 10-year U.S. Treasury since the 1920s. Whoa. You add it all up and a 60-40 portfolio was down more than 16% in 2022. Okay. So there you go. There's the, <clears throat> there's the news as it is. Not as we wish it was, but as it is. So what are we to make of something like this? Well, one, pretty tough to predict, right? Pretty tough to predict. And if you have a right mind on investing, Shouldn't have caused any major trouble. No changes should have been made. No last-second switcheroos, no rotations of different asset classes. Let's just talk about the asset classes, right? Because this happens, you see, in history. Well, stock markets do go down in an unpredictable fashion. But I want you to guess, listener, what was the best-performing asset in 2022? I've got the list in front of me. A bunch of green bars and red bars. What was the best? And then what was the worst? Again, 2022, this past year, what was it? Well, I bet you didn't have this on your bingo card. Orange juice up forty-five point nine eight percent, best performer twenty twenty-two. Worst performer lumber down sixty-six point four three percent. Huh. Third worst was the Nasdaq. I know you know the Nasdaq down thirty-two percent, the tech-laden index. Oats, huh? I eat some of those for breakfast. Down forty-six percent. I guess that's good for me. And on down the way, the ten-year note down about fourteen percent. S and P five hundred down eighteen, almost nineteen percent. Uh, 30-year bonds down 22%. Second on the list is heating oil, 41%. That's kind of a diesel proxy. Natural gas, number four, up 18%. Where are the stocks and the bonds? They're not on here. Huh. Gold is flat. I say all this and I read all these to emphasize this is not something that's predictive. Nowhere in, in January of 2022... Did someone come out emphatically and say, this is the year for orange juice, this is a down year for lumber? In fact, I recall a lot of people talking about lumber being buckle up, here it comes, higher and higher for longer and longer. Not the case. Down 66%. So it again benefits the investor who's willing to diversify, not chase performance, not chase asset classes, not pretend like this is predictive. Looking at something like this looks kind of like the roulette wheel results at a casino. You see the red and black and 14, 15 and seven. It feels pretty random. And in the short run, so do these asset class performances. They just feel pretty random. Orange juice could be pretty weather related. I don't know. Perhaps I'll have an orange juice expert on to explain, but if you get a tough freeze in Florida that hurts the crop yields, maybe there you go. Supply down, demand the same, price up. But for the index fund investor, for the simple investor, for the low cost investor, for the long-term investor, this is a this is a ride we don't have to get on. I was recently at a <clears throat> resort park where there were those height limitations for children riding rides where it said, you know, if you're no higher than 42 inches, you can't get on this. Or 48 inches. And uh, I think as an investor, that's not a bad, it's not a limitation. It's a guardrail. So I would I would put that limitation for all these things. If you're not A profit, modern-day profit, if you don't have a crystal ball, you should not be trying to predict short-term movements on any of these asset classes. So that's like the little height thing at the park where the kids try to ride on rides. Like, yeah, just, no, you're not tall enough. It turns out nobody is. People will pretend to be, but don't be one of them. It's very expensive, very expensive ride to get on. It's one you don't want to get on. So rough year, very unpredictable asset class performances. But that's okay for the long-term investor. You're going to be just fine. And then on predictions, this is a a Twitter person called Charlie Munger Fans. I believe it's at Charlie Munger Fans. Uh, Printed this out. The sharpest minds on Wall Street predicted what? For the S&P 500 for 2022. What did they predict? Goldman Sachs predicted it would end at 5,100. Wells Fargo, 5,200. J.P. Morgan 50,50. Now, I'll tell you, I don't, even care about these numbers. Whenever someone says, hey, is the s and 500, it, is it going to be at, you know, 5,300 this year? That doesn't, mean, that doesn't mean anything to me. I only think in percentage basis. But here we go. Where did it close? Where did the S&P 500 close? 3,839. So Goldman Sachs, Wells Fargo, and J.P. Morgan all missed it, not by a little. Uh, this, this, this tweet says, not one close, pay zero attention to forecasters, zero. I heartily agree. Now, the fact that they're even making these predictions tells you that they have a philosophy of investment that is different from the philosophy of investment being preached on this podcast and that was preached by John Bogle, that is preached by Warren Buffett and others. So you've got to be careful about who you receive advice from. There is an army at each of these banks of financial advice dispensers who will, on, demand, on command, give you all the advice you want with exact predictions and guess what they don't stop right like like they're going to keep issuing these predictions and part of it's entertaining um, but no one can do this. No one can, Goldman Sachs, Wells Fargo, J. Morgan, I'm sure they've got as good a machine as any at predicting so if there was someone that could predict it be them but then it doesn't work so don't. What I can predict is their fees and you know what their fees are doing up and to the right up and to the right let's control what we can let's keep those fees low and keep that tax efficiency really efficient. Taxes low, time rising long. And then a Wall Street Journal article that segues nicely. Rookie traders are calling it quits and their families are thrilled. Many Americans who picked up investing during the pandemic are cooling on the hobby. Their loved ones say they won't miss hearing about buzzy stocks and cryptocurrencies. So this article has a series of stories about folks who oftentimes do the pandemic. There was one gentleman who was a musician. Pandemic hits. He is out of work and he has $2,000 in his portfolio. With this $2,000 in his portfolio, this is amazing. This is a Mr. Garcia, Alan Garcia. He started trading on Webull early in the pandemic. He was at his desk from 8.30 a.m. to 3 p.m. managing his portfolio of $2,000 and bet heavily on companies. The article continues. Electromechanica, Vehicles Corp and it makes electric cars for one person. And the, it, the article continues, the obsession didn't end when he sat down living with his wife, Adriana. For about two years, he just talked about investing. 34-year-old uh, Houston resident. Uh, his wife says he was here, but he wasn't here. I think some wives on the broadcast can relate. And in early 2022, he lost everything on a bad options bet. But you know what he started doing? He actually started working the next day. So it wasn't so bad. His wife's a lawyer and he just started back to the music. So I think a lot of that happens uh, in these market pullbacks is what, what folks thought was a permissible or even advisable investing strategy, it gets washed away. Not so different from the man who builds his house upon the sand. When the storms come, right? The floods come, the rains came down and the floods came up and what happened to that house? And the house came a-tumbling down similarly, if you're not built on a rock, from an investment philosophy standpoint, when those storms come, which 2022, as you've heard in the previous uh, articles, it was a storm. What's left? So for this gentleman, there's nothing left. that there wasn't a whole lot to begin with, maybe 2000 bucks. but there's another story here where someone reached a million bucks in February 2022. A, uh, a gentleman using Robin Hood, Marvin LaHood, got his account up to a million bucks post a screenshot on Reddit. And he said, man, I'm on track to retire early. Everything's great. Um, and he started, but what happened is in early 2022, the investments started dropping. He faced a massive tax bill. He took the gains. So he was doing a short-term trading deal and he gave up trading. Uh, interestingly enough, he began researching the year 536 AD, which was the worst in history, supposedly. And that helped him feel better. But don't waste a failing as Nick Saban says quite a bit, don't waste a failing. So if 2022 was that rough year for you, if you did things that were a mistake, if you took risk, you shouldn't have taken, if you lost the money, you wish you hadn't taken, don't waste a failing. Take, take resolve, take heart. Everyone's done it. I've done it. We've all done it. I've done as many stupid things as anybody on investing. And the key is just don't waste it. So, so figure out what works. And then I want to close, close today with just a great, a great quote from this Jack Rains about why investing is hard. He says, Investing isn't hard because you need a PhD in financial engineering to understand the stock market. Investing isn't hard because you need to study the capital structure of hundreds of corporations to make decisions. Investing isn't hard because you need to actively shift from value to growth to emerging markets to some other sectors every week. Investing isn't hard for any of these reasons. I agree with that. Investing is hard because the risk-adjusted way to win is to index. And chill while someone somewhere hits the lottery every single day, and you are going to hear about it from your coworkers. You'll read about it on Twitter and Reddit. Those winners will be interviewed by CNBC and Market Watch and Bloomberg every single month. You'll read about the GameStop millionaire, the guy who retired on an all-in Tesla portfolio, the professor who ditched their academia job after their Bitcoin holdings went to seven figures, and you have to digest that information accept that someone else won the game and continue to index and chill. Did you hear that? You have to digest all of that information daily and continue to index and chill. So what, what do you got to do? So, 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 so I think he's identified beautifully. That, yeah, the hard part is not that you have to dissect balance sheets. and Particularly for the, for the index fund investor, the market's super efficient. Someone's already done that for you. What's the hard part? hard part's not letting envy, covetousness. Charlie Munger says that's what drives the world. I agree. Drive you out of what is a solid strategy. And it surely will if you don't have something to buttress you, to fortify you, to keep you strong amidst the stories you hear every single day. So what are the stories we hear in 2022? Well in 2022 we're hearing stories of I avoided the market downturn. I went to gold. Here's a strategy for an annuity. Here's a way to here's a way to hedge the market. Or an advertisement will say, are you tired of the stock market going down? And you only want to capture gains when it comes up? Have <laughs> I got a product for you. That's the sort of stuff you're going to be hearing because that's what's going to sell in 2022. They know you're hurting. They know you're down a bunch. Worst year of the bond market seen in 40 years. Seventh worst year of the stock market since 1926. They know you're hurting. The salespeople, the marketers, they're at they're their chops. They see blood in the water. Don't do it. Be willing to go back. And remember, 95% of all actively managed funds lose to the market over a 15-year period. All the great endowment funds, the Harvards, the Yales, the Princetons, the Texas A&Ms, the big four, as I call it, an academic lore, they can't beat a 60-40 stock bond index. They can't do it. They can't do it. They, they might have years where they do it, but over the long haul, they, they struggle to do it. So you don't have to try. Let them waste their time and money. Don't be one of them. So as always, listener, keep those costs low. Keep that time horizon long. Keep that investing simple. That is what's going to give you the best shot on your investing journey. Before look forward to having you next week.